Okay, well, last month, you'll remember, we took a look at pensions in a bit more of an in-depth way than we were able to do with just Sarah Tucker from CKLG Accountants, because accountants can only advise you so far. There comes a point when, after that, you need to speak to a financial advisor who knows about these sorts of things. Sarah Tucker joins me on the line again. Sarah, hi. Oh, hi, Neil. Hi, yeah. And we're also joined again by Paul Orry from MM Wealth. Paul, lovely to have you back on the programme. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Neil. Now, well, it's an interesting subject. And I mean, goodness me, as soon as you start talking about this, you really are opening a can of worms. The, the biggest question I've had pointed at me since that last interview, Paul, is how much do I need in retirement? And that is, I've got to say, how long is that piece of string, Paul? How do you even start to do the maths on it? Well, the, the best way we find of calculating that sort of amount is by doing cash flow modelling. Um, what we'll do is look at what exi- existing provisions are in place. So what you've got in relation to state pensions, what you've got in relation to final salary pensions, and what you've got into pension pots, defined contribution pensions. With the state pension, with the final salary pensions, you, you know exactly how much is going to be paid because that those are amounts, fixed amounts. They'll go up with inflation, but you know what those are. The, the bigger unknown is the pension pots, the defined contribution pension pots. In relation to where we are at the moment in the UK, we've got a savings gap, which is a gap between how much people have saved for their pensions and how much will be needed in retirement of £6 trillion, pounds, which is a huge amount of, of, of money there. Um, And if we look at what we've got as an average pension pot in the UK, the UK adults average pension is 37,600, which is quite a small pension. And if we look at the demographics on the age ranges for someone between 45 and 54, which we take as a sort of middle age, then the average pension pot there, defined contribution pension pot is 75,000. And for more people who are younger, they're not going to have the final salary pensions that we find for the for the older generation who benefited from those years by their employers who offered those schemes, because many of those employers now have closed those schemes down <laughs> and they're not available for new staff. And you know, if you've if you've got one of those, they're very much the, the Rolls Royce of, of the pension industry, you know, that they're, they're worth their weight in gold. My goodness, my goodness. All right, so Sarah, let's turn to you because we've talked a lot about businesses and people like that. But how, if if I look at this and go, I'm in my 40s, I didn't really do much about this. I was going off to Ayanapa every year. I was leading that party life. I was spending every penny I earned, probably a little bit too much more. How do you top up your pension before it's too late? And you know what you've just said, Neil, actually, is, you know, life is for living. Mm. So actually, we're not going to stop you going off on your um, holidays and enjoying yourself. But we do want you, as Paul said, just to think about what the value of your pension pot is and what that's going to produce you in terms of income for later life. And so um, why would you not? at the end of the day, put money into your pension scheme when the government are very generously boosting up what your savings are. And so, for example, 
a non-earner so um somebody that doesn't work maybe they're at home with children raising children or maybe somebody that's um older that stopped working to care for maybe the older generation and um, they can put in um 2880 pounds into a stakeholder pension every year and the government will add 720 pounds why would you not do it and mm. um, for a basic rate taxpayer, um, for, so for those um, that are earning up to or total income up to up to sort of around fifty thousand pounds, and again, and um, you pay in for every eighty pound you pay in, and um, the government will add twenty. So again, why not? Um, and if you can persuade your employer um, to um, make pension payments under a salary sacrifice arrangement and you actually get tax relief and to include national insurance relief and at 32 percent so your tax saving goes up from 20 to 32 and and also it's what it's worth actually having a word with your employer because you're saving national insurance they're saving national insurance maybe they'll share some of that saving with you they pay at 13.8%. So even if they that you 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 went Dutch on, on the on the saving, and um, that's that's an extra six six plus percent. So you're looking at 38% of a basic rate taxpayer. And um, of course it goes without saying if you're paying tax at higher rates, so anybody that's earning yeah. over of total income over 50, there's even more tax savings to to, to be had. Um just be careful actually with, with um high earners, just one thing I will mention is that um if your pension payments are made via salary sacrifice that's great you're getting all your tax reliefs but if they're not for example if they're deducted from your net pay um, and this is a bit of a call to action go and have a look at your pay slip go and see how your pension payments are made because if they are paid out of your net pay then chances are you're not reclaiming that higher rate tax relief right. that involves the completion of a tax return have a look give us a ring we can help. That's still money well spent, though, isn't it? As you say, you, know, you might have to spend out to get that tax return filled in, but that sounds like quite a bit of money could come back. Now, you, we've talked in the past about uh, people who, who've looked at their state pension and they go, oh, well, you missed this year or you didn't pay enough that year. Uh, you've, you've mentioned this before. I think it bears mentioning again that you, you can check what your situation is with your state pension, can't you? And, and there is some room to manoeuvre you can make up on, on, on misses in the past. Uh, yes, you can. Um, now, first of all, I would encourage everybody to um, just type into Google what's my state pen- what is my state pension age, and um, because actually it has recently crept up from sixty five to sixty seven, um, and there are rumours that it might go up to potentially sixty eight as well. <laughs> so again, check that to factor into all your calculations, and um, and then what you should also do is set up a personal tax account with with the government. And now by setting up a personal tax account, you can have a look and see what your national insurance contribution record looks like and identify gaps in your record. Now, you need 35 qualifying years to bank the maximum state pension. And why wouldn't you? They're getting increases more than probably anybody else's at the moment. you can normally only go back 10 years to reinstate um, the, the, those missing years. Um, but at the moment, you can go back as far as April 2006, and it will cost you £824 a year to do that. Um, it is worth looking at, but again, look at it in conjunction with reviewing your overall provision for retirement and 
talking to your financial advisor, giving Paul a ring, you must look at the, the picture in, in, in that in, as a round. Right. Excellent advice there. Excellent advice. Paul, let's just come back on this as well, because a lot of people have said to me there's other ways of doing it than relying on a pension. I mean, <laughs> there's one or two people in the past who probably did some deals for cash. Uh, and I know one particular man who's got some Krugerrands in a box under his bed, that sort of thing. What are the, what are the safest ways and uh, most legal ways, obviously, <laughs> that you can also provide for your pension? There are other ways of doing it rather than getting a pension pot underway. Yeah, there are. And you can look at, um, you know, for your retirement, uh, putting together um, investments and looking at a, an investment ISA, that's a tax efficient wrapper. Uh, Sarah's explained that, you know, the, the huge benefits of contributions, the, the tax relief that's available on the contributions on the money going into a pension. But if you look at an ISA as well, an investment ISA could be used to build up over the years. And then that can be accessed in retirement. And the advantage of an ISA is that it it can be taken out without any tax consideration. So right. you can then withdraw a regular amount, whether you do that monthly, whether you withdraw that annually. And that could be used in conjunction with other provisions. So such as the state pension, such as a pension pot, and such as a final salary pension. And again, that, that's part of the, the work we do with our cash flow modelling is we put all this information in. We look at what the projected outcomes are. We establish with our clients um, what they're looking at spending in retirement. And then we can establish, is there enough there or do you need to be making some further provisions and doing that sooner rather than later to make sure that it's, um, it's, it, it, it's more affordable. Okay, I mean, one of the other things that sort of occurred to me is you just mentioned there, Sarah, that the state pension age could go up, but a lot of people retire young. Well, I say that. I mean, it seems to me that everybody I know is working till the day they drop. But in it, there has been this trend for people to perhaps retire in their fifties. So you've suddenly got what if you retire at fifty-five, you've got like thirteen years from what you're saying. Twelve at the moment, maybe thirteen years, where you're not going to get your state pension. But then in thirteen years' time in comes your state pension. So do you have to, Paul, do you have to always take the same amount for your pension? You go, right, I'm going to draw my pension. It's going to give me a £1,000 a month. That's it till the day I die. Or can you be more flexible? Can you say, actually, can I have a little bit more now and and then draw less when my, my state pension comes along? Yeah, you can do that. That's The, the pensions have a lot of flexibility. Uh, it's a facility called uh, drawdown and you can draw down on your pension as and when you want to so the idea being is that you may need more money from your pension now and then wait until like you say the state pension kicks in when you're 67. Um, the other thing as well you can use a pension pot to provide you with a flexible income you can also use it to provide you with an annuity and uh, annuities are fixed contract term uh, arrangements where you get an income which will be guaranteed throughout the term of the annuity. Right. They can be annuities for life. And in the current high interest rate environment, we've seen an increase in annuity rates, but they can also be fixed term. So you could take out an annuity for 10 years, which would then mature after 10 years, and it would tie in then with something like the state pension starting. 
Right. Excellent. All right. Well, like all these things, time flies by and we're going to be picking up on this over the coming months again. But before we finish up today, uh, we just had an autumn statement. Paul, where did, what, did that, what effects did that have as far as you're concerned? One of the points that was raised in there was the one pot idea whereby you could move one pension pot from employer to employer is still at a consideration stage at this point. Um, it was a bit disappointing that there was nothing in the statement about the pension dashboard, which is the government IT system whereby you should be able to go on and see all your pensions because locating any old pensions is a good thing to mm. do. Uh, so you can find those and that'd be great through the dashboard. But if we had a one pot, then there wouldn't be a need to find the pensions because every time you change job, your pension would go with you. But it's it's in the uh, in the consultation stage at the moment, and uh, hopefully that's something that progresses. All right, this is along the lines of making tax digital, is it? This is uh, this, this seems to get bumped along. I mean, we were talking about that for years ago, and it seems to keep getting bumped. Sarah, what about this state pension increase? That was good news, wasn't it? Oh, it certainly was. Um, the, the Chancellor has stuck by his commitment um, and uh, uh, pensioners will be um, receiving a nice increase of 8.5%. And that's based on um, wage growth. Um, so the triple lock is still with us, which is great news. Um, other than that, you know, the, the, the budget of the, bu the autumn statement, I should say it wasn't really a budget, was a bit of a damp squib. Um, the only thing that was exciting really for businesses um, were the full expensing being made permanent. So that's right. tax relief on your um, on the purchase of fixtures and fittings, etc., um, and also um, the reduction in the national insurance from the sixth of January for employees, um, and it, various tweaks to um, national insurance for the self-employed as well from next April. Fantastic. All right. Well, there we go. That's it in a nutshell. As I say, we will pick up on all this again because it seems that, especially around Cambridge, because it's such an unequal city in that way, there are going to be people at all stages and we've got young and old as well. Uh, everybody uh, has got some particular angle on this. So it's really good that we uh, that we continue to pick up over this uh, over the coming months. Uh, but for now, Sarah Tucker from CKLG Accountants, Paul Orry from MM Wealth, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. See you soon, Neil.